World's on the brink, Joe. It is? On the brink of something. Of what? I don't know. Um, A change is coming. Yeah. On the brink of utopia, maybe. Yeah. They hope. The wokest believe. This is all leading to good stuff. Um, the thing about... I was saying to you, we were looking at the news earlier. Yeah. We were? <laughs> Don't remember that. It's like the entire homepage of any mainstream, you know, it's just like terrorism, crime, COVID, lockdown, terror, be afraid. It's just, it's depressing. Mm-hmm. On the brink of something. Yeah, it's only, it's not, it seems like it's not sustainable, you know, uh, at this point, you know. And that's why so many people are clamoring for things to go back to normal, you know. Uh, yeah. When's, when's it going back to normal? When's it all going to be over? Come I mean, on, we took the shots. Now. Yeah. Let's just go back to it. No. That's the yeah, it's it's the, the sentiment you get from most people is when is this gonna just be be done? When can we just forget about it and go back to normal? You know, and of course it's interesting that they said uh, fairly on in this uh, so-called pandemic uh, that there'll be no no return to the new to the old normal. There will only be a, a new normal, right? They, I mean, said, it's it, like they uh, said it right up front. They they they, they preempted that. that uh, that feeling amongst amongst the population, you know, of like, is this going to end? Can't can't we just get over this? Can't we just get on with this and get it done? And no, no, no. This is a, a break point. This is there's a new normal coming and blah blah. And it's it's all very weird. You can understand how all that kind of stuff when people look at that. Anybody with a bit of sense looks at it. Most people aren't looking at that. That's the thing. Most people you have to remember that most people aren't actually looking. Uh, most people, most members of the population aren't actually looking in any detail at anything that's going on. They're just kind of like trying to get on with their lives. Catching the odd bit of news, wondering what's going on, and you know, they, they are they, feeling it though. They're feeling it, but they have no way to put words on it or put an explanation on it. And the people who do try to put, you know, who are paying more attention, look into it, try and put a, an explanation on it, you can see how they get, um, they, they go down conspiracy rabbit holes, right? And they start com- coming up with all sorts of uh, uh, explanations about global, global plots by the elite to do A, B, and C, you know. Uh, understandably, under, absolutely it's understandably, put, it's like, put on a platter for yeah, because there is no other narrative to explain that. I mean, when you put that, put that to someone who would who would, who would try and counter that argument, the conspiracy argument, what would they say? That uh, you know, if you if you pile up the evidence, basically, that for example, that that governments clearly kind of early on before this was sudden this supposedly this this pandemic came out of nowhere right it was it was everybody was blindsided including governments we don't know what's going on it's completely new we'll just see where it goes but very quickly uh, and we're talking about really almost a year ago now so only a few months or like six months into the quote-unquote pandemic all very new nobody knew what was going on governments are already talking about government and government spokespeople and media media talking heads are, are speaking about um no return to uh old way of life yeah. it's going to be a new way of life of course you had uh, Anal Schwab Klaus Anal Schwab and uh, the Great Reset and the Fourth Industrial Revolution the and Fourth Industrial yeah yeah all that stuff you know so I mean it's hard not to conclude that there is some kind of a plan or they're capitalising on the Fourth of Reich no sorry the Fourth of Reich yeah um, well you know what they say um, it's the number one counter to conspiracy theory. It's no more explanation for it on any kind of BBC type mainstream fact sheet conspiracy theories. It's 
a psychological, well, this is part of their psychoanalysis of it. You see, it's what happens when people try to put a rational explanation on things that they find confusing. Mm. That's not untrue. That is the case. What they don't say is that it's the BBC at all who are confusing the shit out of people with completely absurd instructions, contradictory stories, left, right, and center on everything. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, they lampoon Trump and his cabinet for you know embracing the uh, post-fact, post-truth world and stuff. Uh, hold on a second, they were a lot more truthful objectively. Yeah, than the stuff that comes out of the two-party consensus in most countries. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as a result, you've got confused people. Mm-hmm. And so then they come across, well, you name it, the Rockefeller lockstep document, Pandemic 201 exercise, tabletop exercise but by the Bill Gates Foundation last October or yeah. two years ago, et cetera, et cetera. And they go, connecting some dots here, and this makes sense. And it does make more sense than what's offered to them yeah. by the mainstream. Yeah, yeah. So, you think- yes, they're confused. They're confused by governments. Yeah. And so they come up with a conspiracy theory, a new story that yeah. makes more sense. That does actually make more sense. Because the narrative they're being given by governments and by the media does not make any sense. No. Obviously, I mean, and that's not an opinion. That's clearly you can show complete. Well, it's, it, it doesn't make any sense, but it's not necessarily, let's say, in and of itself, the, the statements they make that are confusing, but rather the, it's the lack of consistency in their messaging and the contradictory nature of their message, messaging. 100%. That, that, that confuses people. They'll say one thing one day, another thing the next day. It seems like nobody knows what's Lab going on. Lab theory was verboten speech. You're not allowed to talk about Lab theory. Then it was actually, it's... Which came out this week that Fauci, not Fauci, Fauci didn't admit because Fauci doesn't admit no. anything. You uh, want to put that up? I have it. Yeah, Fauci... After uh, all this nonsense, back and forth, you weren't allowed to suggest it. And now, headline last week, let me just pass this Scotty so I can put it up. The NIH, someone at the NIH uh, admitted on the record to a little bit, there was a little bit of U.S. government agency, NIH funding. Headline is, NIH admits to funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan, says EcoHealth Alliance, violated reporting Right, so they're, bl- they're blaming each other at this point, yeah, right? Yeah, it was just a little is- bureaucratic slip-up, a little bit of funding, yeah, went... Yeah. Except, except Fauci repeatedly in front of Congress says, no, no, I did not accuse what he called him, uh, Rand Paul. Rand Paul and calls, called says him a liar. Says him he doesn't know what he's Listen, talking that about. Guy's, that guy's this close to perjuring himself. Like Arrest him. Arrest Fauci. But yeah, no chance of arresting Fauci. He should be at home praying for a happy death or something. Scroll you know down I mean? a bit. So, uh, Isn't he 80 something? He's in his 80s. He's been, he's been there four decades now. Oh, he must have secrets on people. Um... Bah, 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 the bah, revelation vindicates Republican Senator Rand Paul, who got into heated exchange with National Institute of Allergy, blah, 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 Fauci, during this May and July testimonials. Yeah, so Fauci, there you go. Fauci's outed as a, as a liar, at least, or he's an idiot because he doesn't know what's going on in, his own, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the institution that he funds. So should he not be removed from, from that position if he has no oversight over, the what actually, over what is actually happening with funding and with with uh, research grants and uh, et cetera. No, and the, because... And research itself, shouldn't he be removed? Because he's, he's obviously not in control of the NIH then, right? He'll worm his way out of it because of paragraph two. In the letter to a congressman, this Lawrence Tabak of the NIH, NIH cites, quote, a limited experiment that was conducted to test if spike proteins from naturally occurring bat coronaviruses circulating in China were capable of 
binding to the human ACE2 receptor in a mouse model, end quote. What, was, what do you mean a limited experiment? Limited. We just did a little bit. And uh, so that'll be watering down the you, truth after all that. What do you mean you just that. did a little bit? Like you just got a little bit pregnant? A little bit of a mouse, a mouse or two. And, and was there any results? Were they able to uh, were they able to make the uh, the bat virus transmissible to humans as a result of this? I mean, well, transmissible to mice, which would suggest that it's possibly likely trans- transmissible to other other. Uh, don't know. Don't know. Nobody knows, and you won't know. Wasn't there something else about Fauci and dogs? Uh, fuck, I don't. I didn't even want to talk about that because it was pretty uh, distressing. Okay. Um, I didn't want to even talk about it. I wanted to uh, kill. Everyone, right? After reading about that, so I don't even want to talk about it. You can look it up yourself if you want. Okay. But, uh, yeah. We won't go there. There's depressing, and then there's you yeah, know just, wanting to yeah. take an M16. Uh, okay. Well, not an M16. Uh, uh, multiple nuclear oh. nuclear weapons. Go nuclear. Okay. Yeah. We won't look it up, but it's horrifying. Uh, taking it's that typical M16, of going, yeah. going on going postal is for is for losers. Oh yeah, you wanna you wanna go full nuclear. You go full nuclear, yeah. Uh, you, you get a nuclear sub, and uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, lies upon lies, more lies. Um, I don't know what else. It's all well, just a bunch of lies, basically. The whole thing has been based on a lie. Um, the whole thing, the whole reality, the whole reality, the whole pandemic, the whole reality. Yeah. Well, it is. It kind of de- at this point, lies kind of define official lies define our reality because they define what people think and believe and uh, and then they embody that and then they spread that and they're embodying lies and disinformation and just a false view of reality. I mean, yeah, so, I mean, if if most people on the planet believe falsehoods about major events and how, what's happening in the world and, and how they should operate in the world and, and, and you know, the, the minutiae of their lives from, from, the, from the big things to the small things, uh, if, they, if, if what they believe about those and how it informs their actions are all based on, on falsehoods, then, uh, yeah, the whole world is operating on... And yet on it, still, it still functions. It functions, but it's... remarkable it's, well, that yeah, it but the thing does is, function at all. In, but a way, in a way, that would... Coming su- back to what we were opening with, how it can't last. No, it can't last, but, you, but that would suggest that the, the standard, normal nature of human existence is subjectivity... Bullshit, basically, like some level of bullshit. It's just whenever the bullshit gets too extreme and too many people embody the bullshit, must be that you're deluged thresholds. in a pile of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. beyond and which is just unsustainable. The whole thing collapses, yes, because it changes the way people act. I mean, that's what we're seeing with the whole COVID uh, pandemic and the restrictions and the effects right. that's having. That and the nastiness of people. Well, that and also, but rejecting, more, they won't take on, they won't take kids who need emergency help at hospitals because they're not vaxxed, that kind of shit. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, that's in the details where it's, where it's, uh, it's impacting individual people's lives uh, in, a, in a serious way. Their behavior is changing into extremely way. cruel and harmful ways that cause Towards and amplify, people. ripple right. out suffering everywhere. Right, but that's, that's suffering, but then other effects are, have an effect on the entire global system, as we've been talking about in previous weeks, that we think anyway, or it's looking like, uh, is building up to some kind of a serious economic crunch. Uh, right. That, yeah, that is going to, you know, I don't know, it'll, it's going to be bad. Like it's going to, it's it's not going to be good. It's going to make COVID a thing, a distant memory. Uh, it's going to make COVID pale in comparison, you know, um, if it happens. Uh, of course, Jack Dorsey thinks it's going to happen, right? Well, do, that's do you have his tweet. 
yeah, I gave it to Scotty earlier. Let's look at what Tort. He's very short. Dorsey. Dorsey. Beardy uh, Dorsey. Has to say. Beardy. He's come down from his lofty. Lofty commie. Commie castle. Commie hipster retreat to uh, tweet this yesterday. yesterday. Hyperinflation is going to change everything. It's happening. Well, thanks, Jack. Hashtag, hashtag Bitcoin. He's, he's obviously on the Bitcoin train. Right. Um, what does that mean? Well, ah, they're spinning this. The media is reporting on this. Oh, look at this insider has to say. I don't really think Jack is an insider. He might be the head of a quote-unquote big tech company. It doesn't really make him an insider. I think it's more like an honest might, take. I, he's probably he's smart. Let's give well, him some kudos. He he's smart. He's, he may not know economics as well as I would, whatever. But I wouldn't say it's that he's, it's, he's smart. He's hearing that from other people. Obviously, he's okay. going to meetings. He's going to. He has hookups with different people in industry. He's, and all this is what I'm stuff. hearing on the grapevine. Kind of. Exactly. So, um, and of course, you don't need to hear it in the grapevine. Uh, you don't need to have those kind of contacts to hear that kind of stuff. It's in the media, right? It's been in the media over the past number of, of weeks. Uh, not the not the H word, but yeah. hyperinflation. Yeah, yeah. Well, inflation going up. It's, it's only a yeah. small step to hyperinflation, or to you know to think that this is going to go. I looked. I checked it up. The definition of hyperinflation is when it you hit the threshold of a fifty percent increase per month. Yeah, We're well, it can go there, but, but you but can see initial, it go. Yeah. yeah, the initial steps have to have to be taken before you get there, right? But I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, not. To, I mean, we're not economists or whatever, and it's, it's obviously economics. Is, Even the economists don't know when it happens. Well, economics is a nightmare trying to figure out all of the historians different Historians do. Huh? Historians do. No, but e economics is a nightmare in, 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 to, in terms to of... To forecast, yeah. Well, to forecast and to understand and to understand the mechanism behind it all and how the... You know, I mean, I'm sure an economist would be able to tell you or I think he'd be able to tell you exactly how it all works and, and why, why different things happen, but I don't really believe that. Um, a key feature of it is hoarding. Well, no, inflation is basically the rise in the cost of goods mm -hmm. and uh, goods rise. One of, the, one of the reasons that uh, products or goods rise in cost is because of scarcity. And right now we have scarcity because of COVID. Because of the government response to COVID. Yeah, because of hysterical government responses to a non-pandemic. Yeah. So that's pretty much your short and sweet explanation of, of why we're facing into inflation and possibly hyperinflation in the future. I mean, we talked in previous shows about uh, transport ships. You can look at uh, look at yourself on the web, or you can even go directly and look at uh, Ship Tracker. Just put in Ship Tracker website or Ship Tracker into, into Google or something. You'll find there's a, a main Ship Tracker website that shows you all the, and you can break it down by just cargo ships or tankers, just cargo ships. And you can see the, how many are sitting off different ports and stuff. You know, there's a lot of them sitting off the port in uh, California. Something like a hundred chips or something like that, seventy, a hundred chips have uh, been sitting there for different periods of time, unable to come into port um, because of problems in removing containers from the port, so more containers can't come in. Um, yeah, the most famous case of hyperinflation is probably Nazi Germany, uh, pre-Nazi Germany, late Weimar Germany. Um, there is some some historical debate as to how much of that was contrived, you know. Mm -hmm. But leaving that aside, the first known in hist historical times instance of hyperinflation happened five, six years after the French Revolution. Mm -hmm. Really, the revolution was still underway. You know, it was a bloody process full of the terror and so on. As the revolution kind of started to eat its own, 
as it got underway. I, th- I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Historical. It has some echoes with today, you know, the revolution too. Um, the progress revolution. Mm-hmm. But not only that, it's kind of infecting everything, as we discussed last week with extremist ideologies at the top and filtering down and out. Yeah. It's everything. It's the climate change agenda, it's the woke agenda, and so on. Mm-hmm. The revolutionary fervor behind much of the apparently crazy decisions being taken at government level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hyperinflation, French Revolution, Green Revolution. Yeah, yeah, it's a different time, though, the, than the French Revolution, obviously, um, that we yeah. live in today. The dynamics can be the same, but obviously it'll play out very differently in a, in a world where there's maybe what? There's probably. French Revolution, probably was two hundred and forty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there was probably maybe a billion people on the planet then, so probably about seventy times the number of people on the planet, and obviously a very different planet uh, in terms of the way people live their lives and the way they get information and what they know. That's the main thing that was how people get inf- the information uh, that people are uh, are able to access. Um, I don't know if we've said this before, but it's something that always occurs to me is just how unique this time in history is uh, because of the most important commodity which is information the most important commodity in human affairs is information and how much accurate information human beings possess uh, because this, knowledge is power well about themselves about the world and how they how they should act in the world based on that knowledge uh, and of course people are flooded with with information not knowledge but information these days and a lot of it is disinformation which means that they end up with wrong information in their heads and uh, and then that leads to actions that are you know don't map to reality or don't are are in, in, incongruent with uh, with what's actually happening around them or how they should act you know how they should respond to the environment. People are responding to the environment in completely the wrong way uh, today. Yeah, like For Jack the, Dorsey censoring everyone left and right. Well, there's that. There's also people responding <laughs> completely responding incorrectly to to the environment in terms of a virus. You know, a virus that has a zero point two percent. Uh, death rate, so 99 point something high uh, survival rate, and yet everybody has lost their shit over the past 18 months over it, directly as a result of governments encouraging people to lose their shit over a virus that is really... Encouraging them to misread the situation. Misread it. To treat it as Berenson calls it, the plague, the duty plague. Yeah, the plague. The mother of all plagues. plagues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, look at that one. Yeah, sure. Uh... Alex Berenson, there's a prime example of someone booted off Twitter by Dorsey. For telling the truth. For mapping the, for simply stating the the data and therefore mapping what's really going on to reality. And in the end, if hyperinflation does arise, contributing to that. Thanks, Jack. Um, This is his latest Substack where you can still get his updates. We recommend people subscribe to him there. Virus gonna virus. Okay, so he, this is what I've been saying throughout, but it's a very good short post. Um, here we are, two years in, the plague of all plagues, the virus with a three in 1,000 death rate, zero in 1,000 for the non-elderly and, and morbidly obese. Mm-hmm. We, along the way, states have had all kinds of strategies like we discussed last week from zero COVID to zero restrictions, early vaccines to late vaccines to no vaccines. So then he's like, well, let's pull up the stats and see how a bunch of countries are doing. Looking at charts over the last 18 months, the whole span of it. Yeah. Here's the UK. 70% early lockdown, 70% lockdown, 
7% vaccinated. Vaccinated. And these are, well, these cases? Yeah, cases. Um, cases, which we know. Cases. Well, that's just, that's just a normal, normal, normal spike of a, of a seasonal virus, seasonal respiratory virus. The normal Although, ebb, ebb and flow of a seasonal respiratory virus. Amplified by, in, in a, amplified by calling a case someone who tests positive when they aren't actually having symptoms. Well, or even just, but report, still a even, pattern well, even just reporting cases. Amplified by the fact that they're actually reporting the cases. You can see these graphs of the flu. Mm-hmm. If you ever bothered to look at them, or even if if the government or the media ever bothered to show them to you, ever cared to show them to you, you'd see exactly the same kind of uh, graphs for uh, UK flu, flu transmission and, uh, and seasonality. Well, here's a wave, and here's another wave. Yeah, well, here's a wave, in, in, in you know going into autumn and over the winter, and then down in the summer in the warmer months, then back up in the autumn. All of the restrictions did nothing to change that. All of the vaccines have done nothing to change that. Except they would say that those spikes would be massively higher without the vaccines, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so that was UK. Then the next one, yeah, not so good, blah, blah, blah. The next one's India, 20% fully vaccinated. Very few with mRNA vaccines, right. so hardly anybody vaccinated. And there's India. Now India's in, uh, in a different climate, so it has a different kind of seasonality to those kind of respiratory viruses. So obviously you see spikes in uh, at, at different times of the year. But uh, that, you again, remember that's when the media was going, "Oh Lord, look at India!" Yeah, back in April, yeah, and then, but then since then, no vaccine, twenty percent vaccination, almost nobody with an mRNA vaccine, uh, and since that's probably like since June, about June maybe, June July, July maybe, um, basically down to nothing. Of course, India, in many parts of India, big rollout of ivermectin uh, as part of health kits uh, to. Large, large percent of the population still doing it to this day, actually, even though uh, there was a kind of ban put on it, but apparently local and regional health authorities have said not to recognise that ban because it worked, basically. Right. Uh, in Uttar Pradesh, I think uh, 300, I think 300 million people in Uttar Pradesh, a region in, in India, um, were given, most people, given these health uh, health kits with ivermectin as the primary Primary yeah. medicine, Zinc and they, they had they basically wiped wiped out cases with iver, ivermectin. But forget about you're not allowed to talk about ivermectin. It's only for horses, so carry on. Um, okay, the next one, he says, yeah, they have Colombia. Very late, very hard early lockdown. Thirty nine percent fully vaccinated. So Colombia super hard lockdown, and again different seasonality for for a virus in somewhere like Colombia compared to the northern hemisphere. Um, but again, uh, yes, they tend to have different type of spike, basically. It, uh, but again, coming down now after uh, what did they say, forty percent vaccination? Yeah. The point. The point of this is that there's these different, like there's seven percent vaccinated in one country, twenty percent in another country, forty percent in another country. Hard lockdowns, no lockdowns, and you see a kind of seasonality based on their on their climate, basically, yes. the way viruses work. And in, it's in not part correlated of with when a government did anything. It's not correlated with anything. It's correlated with the seasonality of a virus, of a respiratory virus. Uh, what was this one? Um, not the last one? No. Russia. Describing. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Russia. And then <laughs> Russia, Look at that. Up and down, up and down. July. Look at that. Oh, July kind of low, really, you know, uh, dropping way off in July. Then scooting back up into autumn, over December, January, February, 
kind of peaks, whatever, February, back down, April, May, June, July, back up, starting to go back up in uh, August a little bit. Again, this is cases. Um, doesn't speak to anything about actual deaths, etc. What does he say on that? Mother Russia. Clearly some hard lockdowns are in order, yeah. And oh. then he goes to Australia. Super right. hard lockdowns, explicit zero COVID strategy, late aggressive vaccinations. Maybe they have the answer, but if you scroll down, you see, uh, no, Australia doesn't have the answer either. They were basically, interestingly, when they had no vaccination campaign, okay, that, okay, that was during their super hard lockdown. <clears throat> but uh, for most of that period of time, from like, really, yeah, really from like September last year, uh, right the way through to now, uh, or just recently, Australia had lockdown and it was flatlined. So the super hard lockdowns, yeah, works for, I mean, you take away people's, you know, civil liberties completely and you have zero COVID cases uh, or almost zero, zero COVID cases. But then you start a vaccination campaign coming into, you know, late summer and into fall. Well, their summer and, now. Yeah, sorry, their <laughs> summer now. Yeah, exactly. It's, so, it's uh, spring there at the moment, yeah. But that, that's kind of interesting because, yeah, it's spring. Well, but that, what's interesting there is May, June, July in their winter season. But maybe, I don't know, Australia is kind of a weird place. They even have a winter there. It depends where you live. Right. Anyway, uh, basically you're looking at just a seasonality there. But these, this, it's not, it's not an accurate reflection of the seasonality of a, of a virus because of lockdowns. Because lockdowns do have an effect on transmission. If you lock people in their apartments and don't stop them spreading or in their flats and their houses or whatever, and you stop, you will stop transmission of so all sorts of viruses, one right? one government intervention that will work. Because face masks doesn't seem to correlate no, at all. No, face masks, nothing. No. You lock people down and you will have people stop spreading things amongst each other. They'll stop spreading everything. Yeah, pretty much everything. Uh, but then they open it up and, uh, and vaccinate everybody in case go all the way up again. So everybody, you know, not everybody, but they're getting up there uh, 70 in different cities, 70, 80% of the population vaccinated and kiss their way up again. Uh... Uh, yeah, the bottom line, lockdown measures, social distancing measures, vaccination campaign does nothing to change the overall ebb and flow of viral transmission. And the bottom line here is, like you said, well, lockdowns work, right? That's the one thing that we're right about. Well, lockdowns work for what? To, to stop the spread of a virus that does what? Do we have to go back to, you know, we really have to go back to 18 months ago when that data was already in, that this particular virus is dangerous only to people uh, in the same, the same demographic that the flu and other respiratory viruses are dangerous to. Uh, who is this? That's back China. Yeah, see what he says here. Okay, there's one exception. There's one exception, he says, to government interventions. Uh, China. Not working. Right. China. Government Somehow, <laughs> he's just, uh, obviously heavily on a sarcasm. Somehow, Xi and Xi, the dear leader and the bat lady, okay, have managed to make COVID go bye-bye without a single jab of our fancy Western vaccines. Yeah. And the chart? The chart shows big spike in, <laughs> what's that, like March? March last year. Oh, that's... That's their February. That's when February, February, March. The mayhem yeah. was going on January, February, and then flatline all the way since then. Eighteen months of flatline in China. No cases. Awesome. China gonna China. What do you think? He says <sighs> it's a miracle. I tell you, a miracle. So he's obviously sarcastic about 
What is he being sarcastic about there? When China is put against everyone else, well, he's, he's suggesting that China is not not reporting its uh, its cases like a good like a good boy, like a good Chinese boy should do, which this, is report your cases <clears throat> to everybody. I know in the past test for them all over the place. I've been confused because in past weeks I've been pointing out that, well, you know, China didn't really bury this. They're still going along. They're having a mini lockdown here and there. Yeah. They're still quarantining travelers when they return. But I'm wondering now about the veracity of those reports. I'm reading Western reports yeah. about those, which gives the impression that the narrative, Chinese official narrative of how they're treating this is zero COVID. Mm. If it arises, holy Jesus, shut everything down. Yeah. That's what they're doing officially. But you look at those charts, there's no case-demic, there's no ping-demic, they're not doing mass testing. They gave it up, which speaks to what you were saying, they dropped this in February mm -hmm. 2020. Well, they published, I mean, it was... It Essentially, was well in practice. Of course they did. I mean, you go back to papers from then that we, we were actually citing uh, from China, because the first studies on the virus were done in China, because that's where it first appeared sort of at least that's what appeared on the international stage or to the in the public or well, was first publicly observed publicly, publicly recognized uh, but of course there's a suggestion that it was actually spreading uh, in the u.s in the summer of 2019 and was called a strange uh, vaping uh, illness syndrome yeah vaping syndrome uh, but anyway so our our th just so people know our thesis is that it basically came from fort dietrich it was manufactured in a lab in fort dietrich um and was spread to China, was taken to China probably during the international military games and was, you know, probably consciously dumped on their doorstep uh, in order to do everything that they've done with it since then, which is called it the China virus and put pressure on China. It's kind of geopolitics. You know, you know when you shoot down an airplane like MH17 and the very next day with 298 people on board and all dead, you shoot down MH17, or not MH17, M was it MH17? 17, yeah. yeah. MH17 over Ukraine, and the very next day, Western newspapers have massive headlines saying, Putin killed my baby, so you're blaming Putin while the wreckage is still burning. Uh, that's using... Geopolitics. Geopolitics, public, international smear campaigns against your enemies, and it's done by the West, and it's been done by the West repeatedly against its peer enemies uh, over the past, you know, forever, really. But, so the same applies here. Uh... Look what has happened. You look at what's ha what has happened with this with this virus and how it evolved and, and what it's been called. Now it's been called the China virus, the Wuhan virus, bat lady, as Berenson talks about and stuff. It's all focused on China. China did this. Uh, it fits very neatly into the past form of Western governments, particularly the US, but the British as well, in attacking their peer competitors that have risen and continue to rise over the past 20 years to, you know, to equal status and possibly superior status and they attack them because they don't want them they don't want to be unseated as the global hegemon so they attack their peer competitors and they can't attack their peer competitors because their peers essentially at least militarily and in china's case certainly economically they can't attack them directly with you know traditional military means so they attack them with uh, smear campaigns they try to tarnish their image and rubbish their image and they take it the chinese take it seriously and russia has always taken it seriously and it does have an effect because it then can lead to and has led to uh, governments in the West using that smear, that, that allegation that you shot down a plane, you've invaded Crimea, you're doing all sorts of bad things in the case of China, you unleashed a deadly virus that you made in your lab on the world, uh, it, it manifests in the form of sanctions. It turns the heads, it turns politicians in the home countries and Western countries against that 
um, the, that government, the targeted government, and you impose sanctions, and you, you know, have they actually done that? Have they gone that far? I'm not sure. For for COVID sanctions against China Chinese officials. I mean, there's been a, a trade war not that overlaps yet. with this. Not yet. I mean, the, it, but but I will give you that. In, if what you said earlier, the information is key. Mm-hmm. The key thing here then is that it's supposed to turn heads against any not idealization of China per se, but um, a reality based look. Just look over there and what is happening over there. <clears throat> they want to make sure that your perception of rising China is blackened as much as yeah. possible. And your perception. So that you go, this enemy. is bad news, China rising, China right. developing, China having increasing influence in Africa and Asia. Yes. This is absolutely terrible. Look what they did to the whole world with the COVID thing. Right. Ergo, can China we trust evil. them with having, you know, Ch- they will upend our rules-based international order and yeah. it will be just awful. Off. Or quote unquote rules based international order, which is basically what they're saying as euphemism for they will upend us as the global hegemon. Yeah. Which at this point America doesn't deserve to have uh, in any in any way politically, economically, uh, culturally. It doesn't deserve to be the greatest nation on the earth and the top dog in the world. It doesn't deserve that anymore. Uh, not just deserve, but it is not that anymore. Not least because of the way it. Just floundering in debt. Yeah. And doesn't sure. give a shit. Yeah. It's about going the down big time, of yeah. things. They're desperately hang, trying to hold on to that position, and uh, it's the, it's the death throes, you know, uh, and they're lashing out, and their attitude, their ideology, their ideology of the, themselves as the shining city on a hill, the exceptional nation, uh, this world, is why the world's I think greatest superpower, all that kind of stuff. They will not give that up. This is why they will I think not the, give that up because they're too identified with it, and they're not willing to share power. There could be a, a multipolar world as China, both China and Russia have been lobbying for over, over for, for many years, but America will not uh, accept the multipolar world. And it's, it's pathology. Like, I mean, if, I mean, when you realize your, your time is done and you're no longer able to, to be number one in the world, you, you know, rationally you should, you should agree to share power and agree or accept the fact that the facts on the ground that there are other powers in the world who are, are as powerful or more powerful than you and you should readjust your position and your image of yourself. But these people, given you know, given their, their their nature and the pathology that uh, by which they're possessed or the ideology by which they're possessed, they're not willing to do it. And they will, instead of playing fair and accepting facts, they will try to destroy the person who's coming to, who is taking their place. Given that premise that... COVID-19, the COVID story was dumped in China's hands. So the left holding the bloody knife, right? If we go with that premise, then is Build Back Better the West's, the US's really, whatever, the West's answer to or attempt to usurp or stave off or buy out, whatever. China's one belt, one road. Does that make sense? At a kind of geo-economic well, what's build big back, scale. What's Build Back Better? Though? What's behind Build Back Better? Well, you get this, this thing coming up immediately after the pandemic starts. Yeah, but what's behind Build Back Better? It's just a slogan. I mean, One Belt, One Road isn't just a slogan. We know what it is. What's behind Build Back Better? The Green Agenda, the yeah. Climate economy the greening of the economy yeah the massive infrastructural bipartisan 
thing that's going on in mm -hmm. the U.S. at the mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. First announced by AOC, and people like snorted at it at the time. <laughs> it's now like it's it's a yeah. real thing now. Well, that's, um, that could well be an example of them responding to yeah the rise of China economically and the knitting together that we've talked about in previous shows about Eurasian integration where you have knitting together of Eurasian landmass primarily motivated by China and Russia with its energy resources and China with its population and its its labour force essentially to you know knit together Eurasian countries starting from China all the way over to Western Europe and of course that would spell the end for definitely spell the end of American hegemony in the world that would be reduced to a kind of like uh, you know, uh, uh, a very second-rate nation in the world. Um, so, and of course, that would that whole China's One Belt One Road initiative and Eurasian integration has to be fueled or is set up to be fueled by fossil fuels and uh, the energy from you know fossil fuels from oil, gas, building pipelines, uh, railroads, all that kind of expanding stuff. Expanding industry, expanding civilization, development. Right, based on fossil fuels, though. So, if you wanted to destroy that, you would suddenly push uh, an agenda that says that all of the energy sources that you need to integrate Eurasia and to make Eurasia the, the, the center of the world and to sideline America, they're bad. And in fact, they're morally bad. They're not just you know bad economically, they're morally bad. And if you pursue uh, fossil fuel uh, uh, energy sources, then you're evil and, you know, coercing people to, to go green. I mean, if you go green, you're, yeah, I mean, it, it equalizes everything out because then it's a new, a new playing field, a new, a new ball game, essentially, and there's a, a totally different playing field where it's, uh, it's all based, it's no longer based on who has all the oil. I mean, the world has been dominated. The, the current world order we have today is based on where fossil fuels were located and who got to control them. That's what the world order today is based on. Yeah, Anglo-American Anglo Seven Sisters, big oil companies. Right, absolutely. That's, and the West is best, is based on fossil fuels. China got in with that. Obviously, Russia was a big part of that as his own major fossil fuel. And they're trying sources. to sway Saudi Arabia away from the West. Right, exactly. If you, you know, center the world in Eurasia and they, they grow in power and, and, and control and they become the new top dog in the world... Well, then America's not happy. The ideologues in America have been there, I remember, for quite a long time. You could say maybe 200 years uh, they've dominated the world. And they're not happy with the idea of that massive change in, in the global order. Yeah. And it's not, beyond, this, it's not beyond belief that the whole green agenda, just to answer your question, and it's not beyond belief that the whole green agenda could be a way to prevent that ultimate yeah. uh, rise of China and Russia. We're having to speculate here because yeah. you asked me straight up, Okay, then what is behind Build Back Better? Yeah. I can state it for you with One Belt, One Road, New Silk Roads, because it's out there, it's frank, it's publicly discussed. There are, there are practical deals in place. The Asian Development Bank, of which even the UK up flew to. over to sign up to. You know what I mean? It's, there's nothing I can say. Well, I can point to it. I can't really, although you've done a, a good attempt to you describe can't. it because it's it's inherently confusing. Nobody knows. You mean what build back better? Build back better. Well, I, well, the one thing that is not is that just this model just appeared. It can be traced to the World Economic Forum, i.e. the Davos sets publication on their websites. Um, it just appeared as a slogan behind the Conservative Party, behind the Democratic Party in the, in the US. The Canadians. Last summer. The Canadians. India. India a New bit. New Zealand. Pakistan a bit. Yeah. The West, it's primarily. really, it's yeah. really a Western thing, and it's really an Anglo-Saxon thing, yeah. Anglo-American thing. Well, I never knew. I saw it. I saw it like 
repeatedly being used and there's just kind of newsreels or, or reels of, of these different leaders all using the same term, build back better, build back better. Different. Like, you won't hear Xi use it. No, exactly, yeah. So when people say, oh, they're all the globalists and they're all in bed together, especially well, the Chinese communists, no, they're not I, in on this. <laughs> for a long t- yeah, for a long time I just thought it was just some catchphrase that they're using to, a vague catchphrase to say, let's improve the economy or some bullshit, right? But if you're saying that it is directly tied to the whole greening of the economy and stuff, then yeah. Uh, of course, we talked about that in previous shows about how unworkable that whole thing is, you know, um, the whole green agenda, how completely unworkable it is. And Kamala you know, Harris was trying to sell it last week. Uh, she was giving some speech in New York with Bill Back Better in large print behind her. And mm-hmm. she, what she was selling specifically was the bipartisan infrastructure deal, the Green New Deal, basically, mm-hmm. reincarnated mm-hmm. post-COVID in the aftertimes. Um, she got heckled. Now, I don't, there's not too much, just, I don't want to read, I'm straight up front, I'm reading more into this than what was said. But I still thought it was an interesting juxtaposition of things uh, and worth commenting on. C- can you play that, Scotty? This is um, a video of a heckler interrupting Kamala Harris during her Build Back Better speech. I think I just sent it to that. It did, yeah. It's about better health. It's about better jobs. And intentionally, it is about What about the families who drowned? Eight families drowned here in Queens. It could have been prevented if we had the right infrastructure. You are right, brother. I am right about that. And the Chinese testify, brother. That poverty is a choice. Why aren't we working with the Chinese on their Belt and Road Initiative? The bankers run a dictatorship here. We need to pass Glass Steagall back. But right now, let's talk about the agenda. No, the agenda doesn't address the fact that people are going to die if there's another hurricane. There's been planned shrinkage in benign neglect. You can pause there, Scotty. Okay, a couple of things. He he mentioned the Glass-Steagall Act. That is something that is brought up over and over by uh, the LaRouchers. Mm -hmm. Now, who are they? Lyndon LaRouche was on basically several decades ago onto pretty much a kind of global civilizational uh, expansion of industry project, idea, grand idea, just as very similar to what the Chinese under Xi came up with in 2013. That's why, you know, they're like, they love China for this. They, they kind of hold their note, they hold their nose when it comes to the communist aspect because they're far more of a libertarian, mm-hmm. nationalistic American bent. But anyway... So Glass-Steagall is another thing they harp on. This guy is probably informed by that, and that's why he brought it. Most people will not get these references. Mm -hmm. But I think it's interesting that he did do that because he, by heckling that, he got one belt, one road, China's global vision for what to do about this situation versus what Kamala Harris said they're representing, Mm -hmm. build back better. Um. Glass-Steagall is basically... I think it gets to the heart of everything. Glass-Steagall was, yeah, the banking law that was imposed mm-hmm. after the Great Depression yeah. to prevent a situation where banks would be operating as in investment funds, mm-hmm. as businesses, in the way that 
Glass-Steagall was basically lifted, I think, under the Clinton administration in mm -hmm. the 90s and mm -hmm. did certainly contribute to the massive financial crisis mm -hmm. in 2008. Mm -hmm. So the, the repealing of legislation... So he's saying basically that the banking interests are... are, are, are are preventing uh, that yeah. own vested interest, and it's it's West-centered, right? They're basically in line with the ideology of the West is best. Hundred percent. They're anti-China. Hundred percent. The former head of the Bank of England, um, Sir David King, mm -hmm. the guy is all over the place these days with the Green Agenda mm -hmm. and Build Back Better and stuff like that. I think it gets to the heart of everything because if what we're saying geopolitically holds. Then if, if Build Back Better is the kind of Western consortium, the Western banking cartel, whatever exactly that entity or overlapping series of entities is, is if that's their answer to One Belt, One Road, COVID-19 comes along and conveniently contrives to force reboot the Western, econ the global, the Western economy. Global, global economy. And via this initiative that otherwise would never have been rolled out right? because it would have... How would you do it in a Western well, multilateral to, democratic system? Well, they have to you destroy... You need a crisis the, to just force it in. You have to destroy the current world economy based on fossil fuels and to impose a green... A greening of a greening of industry, basically, you have to destroy it. You can't you can't phase it out. I mean, it's tied with the whole global warming and climate change stuff, and we're told that it's too late already, right? I mean, we keep we're told in we're told in the nineteen eighties that by two thousand cities would be underwater. Thing, like and stuff. you said yourself, I don't think they're serious about it. I think it has more to do with ideological reasons that they wanted to keep a Western the realm, the focus on them. Yeah, ideologically as, close. As the, as the They're not right. actually serious about gutting. I mean, look at Germany. It's got Nord Stream 2. It's being hampered, but the fact is it's built. Mm -hmm. Macron wants to reinvest more in nuclear energy. They, so it can't just be they're, talk. They're talk it's talk. It's ideological, paramilistic. They don't really believe their own bunk. But it gets a slogan. It gets a campaign going to keep the West together. Otherwise, you've got a one belt, one road. Um, reality economics, picking people off one by one. Suddenly, Turkey does a deal for Jesus, the thing that kicked off World War One. You know, a, a trans um, uh, yeah. railway line that goes from right. Germany to Baghdad, that kind of thing. And it's just a one-off deal. And Turkey would be like, "Well, you don't have to sanction the shit out of us for doing just this one. It's just one infrastructure project. We get rich, you get rich, you can join in." That they're like, it's not about the money. Sure, we could send HSBC Bank in there and we could get a take for London. But that's not – you don't understand. We're not in it just for the money return on the investment of the specific project. It's the overall thing we're it's trying about, to put a break on. It's about remaining relevant then. Yeah. It's having the focus is what you're saying. It's maintaining the focus on the West as the initiator of – And the moral of, arbiter of, of who gets what and, and why. Yeah, the initiator of progress. Yes. Of, of – of, a new paradigm of a change or whatever, and but they're not going to impose not going to impose any real uh, green uh, green agenda or green. Uh, no, it's the ideological vehicle to get Western support, Western soft-hearted liberal lefties support behind it. Right, it's a, so it's, they're it's just using to, people. Yeah, to keep the population focused on the West as is, best. The West is the best. Because that's ultimately... The, because look at those Chinese polluters. Right. You know, that kind of thing. So the only real valuable commodity of these people is the attention and the allegiance of their populations and the population of as much of the world as possible. And certainly they can't get all the world's population, but certainly the population that's under their 
that, that is under their control, i.e. the Western populations, they have to heed them ideologically on song with the idea that the West is the top dog in the world yeah. and keep them anti, and then, anti those others, anti-China. And anti if Russia. anyone else were to challenge it, and as you said to me earlier, just even share the table. Yeah, they, yeah. Holy shit. That's and and that's, that's why, losing, in yeah. the end, you think... Sharing is as bad as losing. What did, you, what did you have to say about Trump? That they could, that their ideological thing with problem with Trump was that they could foresee, even though he was talking big on antagonism with China, he was inevitably, as a normal person, going to end up doing deals. He's going to do a deal. He was probably talking about his great, his great ability to, you know, the art of the deal and all that kind of stuff, and how he was going to do the best deal ever. The, the uh, with with China and stuff, but ultimately that would be a sharing of power, and it would have to um, it would involve an acceptance of China's position in the world as this you know major major economic probably the preeminent economic uh, powerhouse in the world. Uh, he would have to accept that, and America would have to take its you know rightful position, which is not on the top in that respect. And um, and f but f so that's why they hated him for that. I wanted to get rid of him because they're they're focused on ideology. Trump is focused on practicalities and business deals. There's his ideology, and it's so like you said, it's not about money. It's about uh, having the the allegiance of of the world. Having it's about belief essentially. Like we were saying earlier on, it's about what what ideas and thoughts and beliefs and information uh, is is in people's heads. What they think, and that's why that's the only really valuable commodity currency. the currency to them uh, is, is what people's what's in people's heads uh, which of course ties back to, to COVID and stuff you know whenever you feel that that's getting away from you what do you do when you lock them down you know what I mean you put them into a state of fear and you, you corral them basically you know if your herd's getting spooked and is looking elsewhere looking to greener pastures or looking to different pastures well then you you, you get the sheepdogs out and you put them in a herd them into a corral and, and tell them to stay there you know Um yeah, it's 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 a last ditch effort type thing. It's really it's a and once you see the world through that lens, all kinds of other things open up. You like what you've all said about um, the example that you gave at the time was a horrific terror attack in New Zealand. Mm. Um, okay, there are many effects that that's going to happen. What one of the thoughts that will pop up in people's head when they reflect on it? Maybe they don't even. Maybe it didn't even come to the surface, but in their minds, if they ever thought oh, the world's going a bit crazy, I'll relocate to New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Down there will be fine. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's almost like a preemptive, mm -hmm. systemic. Yeah, putting a block, saying to you, There's you no think you place. can what go to Antarctica and, and escape this? Yeah. <laughs> Watch what we can do. Despite all the safe spaces going around on around yeah. the world today, there are no safe spaces. Uh, that's that's been. They're making sure of that, or trying to make sure of that, that people feel very unsafe all the time. Um, which, you know, again, is pandemic, pandemia, attention citizens of pandemia. Um, yeah, and they're not giving up on it. I mean, we just talked about a little while ago there about uh, vaccinations and stuff. And I mean, um, I just sent you one there from Forbes, Scotty, uh, Pfizer. Talking about its booster because now it's uh, boosters are what it's or where it's at, right? Uh, UK, US, pretty much everywhere. Although some countries are still, you know, they're they're a bit they're trying to catch up and stuff. They're still doing the vaccination campaign, but um, that the first two doses. But 
countries that were on first in the West in particular, it's all about the boosters. Now, the interesting thing about Pfizer says its booster shot shows 95%, 95.6% efficacy against COVID-19. But the interesting thing about that headline, that this dude who wrote about it, Robert Hart and Forbes, he didn't seem to, he doesn't have the, the mental acumen to, to understand that that, by definition, means that the first two shots are useless. Right, because right. this booster is for people who have had two shots. So, like, it's been six months for a lot of people, for most people, since they had their first two shots of Pfizer. Um, six months after they've had the first two shots of Pfizer, their booster is ninety-five percent efficient at preventing those people with the vaccine from getting sick or dying. Which means, without the booster, you have a ninety-five point six percent chance of getting sick and dying with your two vaccines. So, I mean, what that means is that that's after six months. Um, it means that after six months, your vaccines are no good. Uh, what it, and then in yeah. six months' time, you'll need another booster. Right. And six months after that, you'll need another booster. So what effectively has happened here is that vaccines have replaced your immune system. For people who have taken yeah. on these vaccines, vaccines no longer, <coughs> or sorry, people no longer have immune systems. Uh, and this is for a virus with a 99.7678% survival rate uh, for the vast majority of people i.e. your own immune system is 99.8% effect, uh, you know, efficient at protecting you from this virus, but that's dismissed in favour of a vaccine. And why would they do that? Well, it's making them shitloads of money. Exactly. And that now, things, things like that, developments like this, now map to the reality, in quotes, the pseudo-reality that they changed. For example, the World Health Organization changing the definition of what it means what, what, what herd, what herd immunity, immunity means. means. Herd immunity, obviously herd immunity, well, herd immunity is based on your immune system. So they removed herd immunity, i.e. they removed your immune system and said that it's vaccination. So that literally, I mean, that's, that's, if there's one thing you understand, that's very, very clear with this entire situation over the past 18 months since this all started, is that they very clearly have said that your immune system, for the vast majority of people who have a healthy immune system, and it's m more than capable of dealing with the vast majority of all viruses effectively, um, they're saying that it doesn't work anymore. All of a sudden, no more. Immune system Oops. doesn't really exist. Oops, it's broken. Now you need us. Yeah. All the time. And yeah, and, and there's some truth to it in a certain sense, although it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because the vaccines do compromise your immune system and make it less capable of fighting off, um, fighting off some viruses, particularly coronaviruses, different types of coronaviruses because yeah, the, the vaccines with the spike protein um, focus your immune system on the spike protein yeah, rather than on the whole virus, which your, your own immune system focuses on the whole virus. The vaccines force your immune system to focus on just the spike protein, one part of the virus, which yeah. means that it primes your immune system to focus only on that, which is a, a net reduction in efficiency of your immune system yeah. by focusing only on one small part of the virus. So if another vi coronavirus or similar type of virus comes along, uh, your your immune system will be compromised in its, its, in its ability. Because it's been narrowed. In been its narrowed in its focus. focus, yeah. Did you get a chance to watch uh, Alex Berenson's uh, podcast with Joe Rogan? No. He does a good explanation of this. It doesn't, it doesn't contradict what you just said. Uh -huh. But he said, uh, with headlines like this, he said they're getting away with that because it is factually true if... And then he lists them. These parameters hold true. If you don't have an immune system. 
He says they can, Forbes can publish a headline that, like that, citing a Pfizer press release, 95.6 efficacy after all this time, because the antibody levels are sky high immediately after vaccination. Yeah. They will be like, and that, that's how they're testing. Their, their statistic isn't, their definition of what it means to be 95%, in this case, 95.6% protected is a very, very simple. It's, it's based on the antibody count resulting from the spike protein only, yeah. as you say, part of the virus yeah. producing antibodies right. specifically to that spike protein. And so strictly speaking, by the definition they've narrowed down to these parameters, yeah. that headline is true. For a month. Yeah. yeah, yeah. After a month, or, it yeah, not yeah, only yeah. goes back to zero, mm -hmm. it goes to worse than if you had been exposed to COVID and developed natural Right, of course. But that's, antibodies. that's well known that, I mean, there's been plenty of studies, show, studies so the headline is true. Particularly one out of Israel showing that... But it's a lie. Yeah. Your own immune system, uh, that the protection provided by your own immune system haven't been exposed to this virus uh, is much is longer and stronger than the, the immunity or the protection provided by vaccines. I mean, that was a study out of Israel, 2.5 million people. That was the result of that study, that your own immune... Of course, people can dismiss that as well because they're still, they're still living in that fear, the fear produced over, at the, particularly at the beginning last year, when everybody was convinced that if this virus even came close to them, they would be dead in a heartbeat, which is false. I mean, it's complete. It's completely. <laughs> it's just a massive lie. And it goes back to what we said at the beginning of the show. This we're just swimming in lies right now. Yeah. And um, and of course, most people don't have the ability to check into the stuff and reason it out and think about it. And they don't have the well-founded a priori belief that or understanding or skepticism about authorities. Yeah. Which yep. you need to have. You need to have a skepticism about authorities. They're always trying fact, to sell you something. And, and it might be benign-ish. Right. It might be serious. They're trying to sell you something, though. Right. Well, pharmaceutical companies are an authority. People are listening to pharmaceutical companies and the researchers and the doctors that they employ who talk about uh, vaccines and how wonderful they are. Put up the... Uh, it's a Twitter... Uh, link Scotty uh, Francis somebody blah 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 it's just a, a compilation from not too long ago of um, stuff about uh, interesting stuff about pharmaceutical companies have a watch tonight keeping drug companies honest a story that's simply stunning about multi-million dollar profits and illegal activity at this country's biggest drug company the justice department alleges Johnson and Johnson boosted sales by paying millions of dollars in kickbacks to pharmacists and doctors who pushed the drug Risperdal to patients who did not need it the medical editors of that journal accused the drug company Merck of misleading them about the dangers of Vioxx, of hiding the fact that it caused even more heart attacks than previously known. Johnson & Johnson paid $2.2 Eli Lilly paid $1.4 Pfizer and its subsidiary paid $2.3 and GlaxoSmithKline paid out a record $3 billion. For seven years, Glaxo failed to report data showing its best-selling diabetes drug. Avandia increased the risk of heart attack by as much as 40%. Opioid epidemic has killed more than 400,000 Americans. Tonight, Purdue agreeing to pay more than $8 billion in penalties. Antidepressant Paxil wasn't approved for use by patients under 18. The company illegally marketed the drug for use by children, even when a clinical trial found teenagers who took the drug for depression were more likely to commit suicide than those taking a placebo. Purdue Pharma pleading guilty to felony charges of defrauding federal health agencies and violating federal kickback laws for inducing doctors to prescribe those powerful opioids. Glaxo also hired a company to write a medical journal article 
downplaying the risks. The firm used PR firms and paid several doctors, including the U.S. celebrity doctor, Drew Pinsky, to promote the drug. You can't trust medical research that gets published in very established journals. What can you trust? But as Bob Orr reports, the massive settlement may not lead to much change. Is fraud the business model of the pharmaceutical industry? No one's going yes. to jail. No one's going to prison. And worse yet, they've set up a situation where Purdue's going to be able to continue on. You look at this thing, and I mean, if Pfizer is too big to fail, and even the biggest fine in history is just a few months' profit, then what's going to stop it from illegally promoting other drugs? Critics say Anderson, nothing. Illegally promoting other drugs like vaccines, and keeping drug companies. So uh, Jesus, so that's the before times. Yeah, that was exactly. Well, now it's a scandal. Now it's normal, and it's but like, but it's the same companies. That are producing the vaccine. So, what argument does anyone have have to uh, against someone saying that you know what the the, the past form and past history of these pharmaceutical companies and in, in putting out form, uh, experimental or newly developed drugs that had serious side effects that they played down, they covered up, and then paid out billions of dollars in fines to to further cover up essentially to silence people. Uh, given that given that history. What argument is there for me to be skeptical about these vaccines, which are experimental, never before tested on uh, large numbers of people? Well, that's the thing. The thing about it is, and I think I was saying this to you earlier on, at this point, I, I don't think that people out there in the world uh, who are, to whatever, to whatever extent they are uh, thinking this way, i.e. that people are unvaccinated, are bad people and should get vaccinated, those people who, who think that way are angry about anti-vaxxers or people who are, you know, skeptical of the vaccine or don't want to get the vaccine. Uh, they're not doing that. They're not, they don't have that, uh, that opinion or that stance because they really believe that the vaccines are important for everybody's health. It's pretty clear at this point that most people of that opinion who think that way about it are vaguely, yeah. they probably don't even, explain it to themselves clearly in this way, but their motivation they for, know for that harmed. is because they're they being... They want everyone else. They're being told that... The, they know that the, that the government wants everybody to get a vaccine. The pharmaceutical companies slash and the representatives in the government want everybody to get a vaccine. And if you don't get a vaccine, you're not getting your life back. It's not for health reasons. It's for getting my life back. It's for freeing up my ability to travel, to go to, sh go sh to stores, to go... you know. Because despite the fact that uh, everybody was told that when you get vaccinated, life would be, go back to normal, you'd have all your freedoms back, as we'll see in a minute, there, uh, most countries now are saying that vaccines aren't, aren't, aren't enough, that, that the restrictions, the social distancing measures, etc., etc., will have to stay. People are still being encouraged to wear masks. Nothing really has changed for a lot of people who have been vaccinated. So people at this point are aware to one extent or another, most people, that... The government is saying, get vaccinated and we will stop punishing you. Yeah. Not get vaccinated and in order to stay healthy or not. People, people aren't thinking other people, everybody needs to get vaccinated so that we're all protected against the deadly virus. I think most people, yeah. if they were honest with themselves, would recognize that there isn't really any pandemic. There never really was one, if, if there ever was one. And uh, it's, certainly if there ever was one, it's over now. Yeah. Uh, but so why are we still in this state of kind of fear and, and restrictions and stuff? Well, it's because the government is imposing it on us for some other reason. Yeah. 
and they can't do anything about the government doing that. They're exactly. living under a totalitarian, essentially, government in that respect, and they have to bow their heads and, and, and do what the government wants. And they're being weaponized. Those people who have taken the vaccine are being weaponized to attack people who are not vaccinated because the government says those people need to be vaccinated in order for everybody to get their freedoms back. Yeah. In a sense, the way you put it like that, it's almost like they're, they're They've taken a rational position. Right. Look, okay, but the there's evil shit in the world. and Okay, a lot of it comes from government, but there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. So for God's sake, will you just take the vaccine? Because I'm here doing my part to get rid of this punishing totalitarian system well, we're to, in. To appease it. To appease well, the, the tariffs. But they'll tell themselves, I'm doing my part. So for fuck's sake, will you do yours as well so we can get this evil shit off our back? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm the one here taking all the punishment. Right. And you're just like, oh, no, I'll never do that. Yeah. Great. So I'll just keep taking the punishment. Yeah. And that's how they're turning. Yeah. But they're appeasing a tyrant. They're trying to appease a tyrant, yeah. which is a very bad thing to try and do because tyrants, as Alex, Ber Alex Bernstein might say, tyrants going to tyrant, you know. Uh, <laughs> they're not going to uh, stop tyrannizing you. Because yeah, yeah. they're well, if you if yeah. you want to go past look how the goalposts keep changing. There is no hundred yeah. percent vaccination rate because they're like, well, you need more. Yeah, you need more, and then because they enjoy it, you know. Uh, go to the Telegraph, or sorry, Times got quoted UK. Just an example of what I'm talking about here. These are just very recent. Well, this one's from actually today, the Sunday Times in the UK. Um, Times got quoted UK. Bring back social distancing to avoid a meltdown, says top scientist. Stop. Top scientist says, says that kind of stuff. British a meltdown of what? Meltdown in the middle of winter. What? From volcanic eruptions in England? <laughs> a meltdown of uh, keep the virus under control or it'll go, it'll go crazy again, you know? Just jump to another, oh, another one. Like the kind of stuff that people are being subjected to. Uh, the Guardian, Scotty. Uh, this again from today. Uh, in the Sunday, Darker skies and colder weather provide perfect conditions for COVID-19 to ah, thrive. shut up. These were the words of the health secretary, UK health secretary last week is saying this. Uh, then the chief of the, the next one, uh, Telegraph, chief of the NHS, again yesterday, uh, that's in Telegraph.co.uk, get the booster job to save Christmas, Britain's urged as country faces COVID crunch point. So get the booster job if you want Christmas. Not get the booster job. I mean, it's in the headline there, yeah. and the way they, they say it to the people. And that, you, can, yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't blame people for understanding that what it really is. I mean, even though he would explain that saving Christmas means stopping spread of virus and cases and hospitalizations and overwhelming of healthcare system, blah, blah, blah. But the headline says, it's, it's pretty simple, and most people only read the headlines, get the booster job to save Christmas can be easily interpreted as I want get Christmas, the booster job so... or you're not getting Christmas. Yeah. For no good reason other than I want you to get the job. The point in that headline is get the booster job. I want you to get the booster job, not for any other reason other than get the job. And if you get the job, we'll give you Christmas. We'll give you a goodie. We'll give you a, 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 a treat. If you don't get the booster job, you're going to get beaten. Why do I have to get the booster job? Shut up and get the booster job or I'll beat you. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's what's going on. And again... We keep coming back to this, the underlying claim that they would flesh it out with, i.e. that the virus is a deadly virus and people are going to die, is, does not, is not supported by evidence or facts or data. This is a virus that we keep saying has a 99.77 or 8% uh, survival rate and it's only dangerous to the people to whom, uh, for whom the flu 
and yeah. other similar respiratory viruses are dangerous. And we never cared about those people dying before. They're called dry tinder by government statisticians. Governments who, who, who every year, going back for, you know, forever, look at death rates in country and how many people died in any given winter season or any season all through the year. They look at the winter, obviously in the Northern Hemisphere, a lot of older people in particular die, older frail people, with multiple comorbidities die in the winter season because when viruses spread around in a winter season, they're like, as, as, as doctors still call the flu, the old man's friend. Mm-hmm. You've got people in very, at, at or past life expectancy age with multiple health issues for a long period of time. Something's going uh, to knock them off at any time. Viruses come along and actually alleviate their, their suffering that they've been suffering for a long time by, by essentially kicking them off this mortal coil, Right. And it was seen as it is a normal part of life, a normal part of the way uh, humans live and die. And it was always seen that way. But I think no longer if what you just said before holds. Then peop- even the authoritarians and the NPCs, whatever they are, after 18 months, I don't think they need any convincing with what you've just said here. Reminding them of how benign this damn thing is. But what you said previously is what needs to be in an ideal world. What would be deprogrammed from them? Because they keep trying to, they kind of know, and they just go like, "Look, I just want to travel." They're responding as if they live under a, 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 a tyrannical, tyrannical re- regime, a tyrannical government that is punishing them unless they do certain things. That's the way people are responding. So whether or not they can, kind of, you know enunciate that that or or to, to have that clear in their own heads uh is is kind of besides the point most of them don't but that's the way they're act that's the way they're responding so um yeah and again it's the i mean behavior, I, the hate behavioral manipulation yeah more evidence of uh was crafted this situation yeah so. nudges nudge yeah uh nudge theory is that what it's called yeah um yeah. an example of of how other governments are all on the same page, and this is like there's a quick one from Jacinda Hearn, the other Twitter um, Twitter link there, Scotty. Uh, the I wonder if she take that horse medicine, ivermectin. She should. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's just just a quick one. Uh, she's asked a question, and she gives the answer. So you basically see. It. This is going to be like, well, it's almost like, I, you probably don't see it like this, the two different classes of people. If you're vaccinated or if you're unvaccinated, you have all these rights. If you are vaccinated... That is what it is, so, yep. Yep. That is what it is, so, yep. Yep. That's it. That is what it is, so, yep. Yep. So, it's vaccine, it's apartheid, right? It's, it's health apartheid, it's vaccine apartheid, um, and, but that's a means to an end in order to get people to take the vaccine, of course. Which is also a means to an end. Right, well, Which yes. Is to well, get compliance make... and to break down that last remaining cohort out there who were like... Yeah. So, you know, to, to what extent they'll go, uh, how far they'll go, and uh, she's, she's voicing an, uh, an, a policy... Uh, that most Western countries are are, yeah. are are voicing as well, which is that and she smiled. Oh, they're talking it. about it, about there being different rules for vaccinated and unvaccinated. To what extent they'll go, or how far they'll go with that in imposing that, 
We don't know. Oh, well, Jesus. Look at Lithuania. Did you see that? Yeah. Last week. Like, they've gone full QR code. Like, you can't go into... It's uh, it's what Macron wanted initially when he declared it in July. Mm -hmm. You can't go to stores without it. You can go to some smaller stores. Mm -hmm. But it's everywhere. You know, the entrance to the hospital, when you go sit down with the at the receptions just for your doctor... COVID check, uh, QR check, QR check. How integrated is it? We've discussed this uh, elsewhere. It, I don't know, but it's a small country. And it's probably not that hard. Apparently, the, from descriptions of people living there, it is freaking well integrated. Yeah. It's QR up the wazoo. You can't turn, you can't make a left turn mm. without showing the QR code. Yeah. Well, uh, again, <clears throat> to what extent they'll go, I mean, maybe easier Globally. to do in a smaller, smaller country. Yeah, you know probably. What I mean? but, uh, you're more pushed back in a bigger country and each, I suppose each, each different country will play its part uh, in that respect based on its own, you know, the makeup of the population, uh, the percent, uh, percentage of people vaccinated versus unvaccinated and stuff. Um, it's good to see in there uh, <laughs> an example of the, uh, of the, I don't know what to call it, it's not even a lie, um, just the headline. I mean, there's no, read, no, no need to read the article. It's, it's the article, the headline isn't uh, <clears throat> isn't unrepresentative of the content of the article. It's quite representative. People vaccinated against COVID nineteen less likely to die from any cause. Study finds, <laughs> and the, they did a study. And go back to what you just heard about the pharmaceutical companies mm -hmm. uh, producing, paying people to, to to produce studies, paying scientists to produce studies that play down or accentuate whatever they want, basically to lie to create a. a a bogus study that fudges the data in order to produce the right result. This, this is obviously one of those studies, but it says that the, in their study, people who got vaccinated, they compared to people who hadn't been vaccinated and that people who had been vaccinated had a lower risk of dying from anything, everything, cancer, heart disease, gunshot wounds, car crashes, choking on, choking on a peanut. Get the job, you'll live forever. No thanks. Well, you might... That's that's what they're trying to say. I mean, that's the level of of hubris around yeah. this whole thing, and the the well, level it's, it's of propaganda. It's been implied throughout. It's kind of a <clears throat> yeah. There's a, a kind of a scientific magical undercurrent since March 16, twenty twenty, which is that if you come with us, join the coronavirus SS, right, aboard this beautiful cruise ship, you'll live forever. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's a lot more. It's more. It's when it comes down to the nitty gritty. Actually, it's more like. You join us or else, yeah. you know, it's a gun it's a to threat. your head. Yeah. But there's also an elixir of a promise of, you know, utopia, eternity. Fucking yeah, yeah. It's horrific. It's freaky. Uh, well, just on that point about uh, vaccines lowering the, the risk from all sorts of, from everything else, right? From death, lowering the risk of death <clears throat> from anything. If you get a vaccine, just go to the, um, I think it's express.co.uk, Scotty. UK faces biggest cancer crisis in history. <clears throat> 60,000 years of life will be lost. So this is directly as a result of what governments have been doing vis-a-vis -vis COVID over the past 18 months in the UK. And this is true in, in a lot of other Western countries. UK facing the biggest cancer crisis in living memory. And the country is on track to, well, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's easy. They just need to read the CNN article, get the shot, and they'll live. Well, if you look at the first paragraph, the oncologist Professor Pat Price will tell a cross-party group of parliamentarians at the Health Select Committee next Tuesday, that's this, this coming Tuesday, 
that the government is failing to acknowledge the magnitude of the cancer backlog. I will hear that tens of thousands of cancer patients have been left untreated or undiagnosed due to lack of access to health care or screening due to COVID restrictions. Uh, and this is going to be the next part of his, his, her presentation comes ahead of a new report to be released by King's College London, which shows over the last 18 months that there are 4 million fewer routine cancer referrals and 400,000 fewer urgent cancer GP referrals. So maybe those people should get vaccinated. Instead of screening them for cancer, just vaccinate them and then their cancer will go away because vaccination reduces the risk of death from all causes, right? Well, this is what gets back to what we were saying earlier on. It's completely nonsensical, confusing, contradictory, just ridiculous. Is this backlog... It's horrifying to, to imagine it, but let, let's get real with it. Is this backlog showing up yet in all-cause mortality rates? It will, fairly soon. But genocide, genocide by But government. again, this is what always happens with these kind of scandals. This will this, this will come out at a time when, it's, when they've moved on. Yeah. And there'll be some government, uh, independent, probably not independent, they'll, they won't allow it to be an, an independent investigation, but there'll be a government... Um, investigation into itself and its handling, including uh, the effect on cancer screenings and many other screenings for healthcare, basically yeah. in general. And they'll say, "Yeah, some mistakes were made, but you know, whatever." <laughs> we saw one last week, the British one. Yeah, we did, they have a parliamentary investigation into our handling of the lockdowns, and our conclusion is we didn't lock down hard enough, enough, fast yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, that's that's how they spin it. Yeah. Oh. Well, what else is COVID being used to uh, to cover up? It's it's not just uh, present day and future uh, scandals. It's been used to cover up a scandal that everyone knows about from what sixty years ago. Yep, uh, Scotty, I've just sent you something. A big old scandal that happened nineteen. But it's ancient history, Joe. Just forget about it. It's from the before times. Oh, my God. Oh, the before times, yeah. Um, JFK assassination documents. White House issues memo postponing disclosure, citing COVID. COVID is the gift that keeps on giving to psychos in power who want to cover up their crimes. Imagine using COVID to say, that's why we can't release documents about who killed JFK. So if you scroll down, the plausible narrative is the same one as for everything else, I suppose. In some in some areas it is plausible, but here it is. Uh, Biden issued a memo that said the National Archivist had recommended to him... Of course he did, yeah. ...that we cannot release the next batch of documents on JFK because... COVID-19 pandemic has slowed down the process of reviewing whether redactions continue to meet the quote-unquote statutory standard. So the issue is we don't have enough staff to <laughs> draw the black marker over all the things we don't want to release 60 freaking years after the fact. Well, they're only, they're only censoring them now? Surely they censor well, them I think they censor them on an ongoing basis depending on what's due, what's come up or something like that. There is some process to it, but obviously it's manipulated. 60 itself. years? Yeah, yeah. And they can't figure out whether they... <laughs> oh, shit, Joe. There's a 100-year ban on releasing documents for certain events, go, like mass shootings. Yeah, I know. Go down. Um, is it on that one? Um, 
barring national security and privacy concerns, blah, blah, there was something about the, the you know, the, well, the standard the, explanation is that it's, it, that it would have a, a negative uh, impact on well, national security, well, the, foreign, the, foreign relations. I'll, I'll read it out. I've got the paragraph in question. So the reason this, this latest delay is on top of a three-year-old delay, this batch was supposed to be released in 2018. There, that paragraph. In 2018, Trump extended the deadline, so he himself was supposed to be delay, released presumably under Obama. In 2018, Trump extended the deadline for the public release of the assassination files to 2021 this year, mm. citing, quote, identifiable harm to national security. National and security was the catch-all reason. foreign affairs and something else. There were three things that I read. National security, law enforcement, or foreign affairs. Right. So, does no one ever wonder how that relates to foreign affairs? How does it relate to foreign affairs? Well, this is the what assassination. people will take from it is, well, let me see, that was during the Cold War. Presumably that refers to the Soviet Union so, and Oswald's visit there. But... What if there have been, have been other releases in other contexts? <clears throat> Nothing to do with the assassination per se, but Does the release of documents a couple of years ago, highlighting what had never been known before, publicly anyway, was the extent of the JFK administration's intransigence against allowing the Israelis to develop nuclear energy in mm -hmm. Demona. Mm -hmm. He was adamant that thing was being a little bit shut down because yeah. they were doing it in secret and he suspected correctly, as it turns out in the 1980s, thanks to the, the leaks by that Manunu Israeli guy who's still in prison, mm -hmm. that they were using it to develop nukes. So foreign affairs, one wonders if Israel is mentioned in the documents and that that's partly why national security reasons or foreign affairs reasons we cannot release these documents. So COVID is just the catch-all now, but before, it's been postponed twice before. Yeah. Release these documents. Panunu's were released, by the way. Panunu's not in prison anymore. Hello. Trump actually delayed it twice. Trump's move in 2018 came on the deadline he, he himself had previously imposed in 2017 for the full release of the files. Yeah, well, it's national security. That you can see how even Trump would would if he looked at him, if he to, to whatever extent he saw the right, if he saw Israel, <laughs> he saw Israel. That or, goes against the social strategy, right? Or even from a national security point of view, if you release the fact that you know uh, the hard evidence that uh, members of the CIA, basically the Washington establishment, the political establishment, the career intelligence operatives and stuff, were the ones who actually killed JFK, then uh, it might cast some aspersions, might cast some doubt on the. On the wholesomeness of the CIA. Uh, yeah, one more little thing on, from the Ottawa Citizen, just as an example of... Not a COVID horror story. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there are plenty, aren't there? So many. There's, there's so many, but uh, I mean, all sorts. Of, I mean, we didn't even get into vaccine-averse uh, reactions, i.e., you know, serious injury from, from vaccines, blood clots causing people to be basically rendered almost paralyzed and stuff um it's all out there for you to if you look for yourself but this one uh, judge bans ottawa mother from advising son against covid19 vaccine he judge granted the father <coughs> uh, uh, the rights as a sole decision maker when it came to being vaccinated because he the had mother, the right opinion 
Well, yeah, exactly. The mother has been legally banned from telling her, go to the first paragraph, the mother has been legally banned from telling her 14-year-old son not to get 14. the COVID-19 vaccines and prohibited by court order from showing him online information that calls into question the safety or efficacy of the vaccines. So a mother in Canada has been banned by, prevented by a judge from telling her son what pretty much every single study, scientific study, on on COVID, on this virus, uh, in relation to children, says, which is that children in his age group, 15 years and under, are basically immune from this virus. So she can't tell him that he's immune his own immune system is more than capable. He will not. He will basically has, has more chance of getting struck by lightning and having any problem with with this virus. She can't tell him that. Um, she's banned legally from telling him that, and uh, he has to get a vaccine. So, if you someone, please tell me that this isn't just about getting people vaccines, but just getting as many people as possible vaccines in order for in order that uh, pharmaceutical companies make as much money as possible. Please tell me that that's not the case. How can you tell me? Somebody right. please make an argument that that's not the case when you see stuff like this happening. Yeah. Well, in complete lockstep this week, both the US and the Canadian governments announced massive new deals with Pfizer to secure enough vaccines to give every 5 to 11-year-old in Canada's case two mRNA Pfizer vaccines. Five to eleven over the next year. Yeah, I mean they just better hope that there's not hell to pay for this because I mean the chances are that there will be, but unfortunately it'll all come out after the fact when it's too late to do anything about it. Um, but I think you know the worst case scenario is that you know this winter. I mean I'm sure I have no confidence that the truth will come out, let's say, that, that the, it, it will be allowed to be publicly revealed nah. what's actually happening. But what, what you are going to see is an awful lot of spin and an increasing amount of dubious spin and implausible theories and implausible explanations as to why bad stuff is happening uh, that, you know, that don't make any sense. Yeah. Um, in particular, in terms of people coming down with all sorts of, you know, large numbers of people becoming sick and ill as a result of uh, vaccines compromising our immune system. Yeah, you see, um, the media is already using euphemisms. You know, medical emergencies and yeah, um, yeah mystery illness and uh, sudden death. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Who knows? But yeah, a lot of them are probably vaccidents, as people are starting to call them. Vaccidents. Do you want to end on a some um, uh, something funnier? Absolutely. <laughs> Give us some fun there. Uh, so they wheeled out Joe Biden. For another CNN town hall. CNN town hall. It's not a town hall if CNN's doing it with a select audience. Of about 20 people. But uh, in conjunction with that, he gave a, a press conference for the first time since July. Can you imagine that? The President of the United States. Well, specifically, it's a press conference where he actually takes questions, mm -hmm. which are probably agreed beforehand. Because as Jen Psaki said this week, of course, everyone who's allowed into our events are vetted beforehand. Anyway, they're so, like, they've got him wrapped in, like... Cotton wool. Cotton wool, like, from here to space. He's so much protecting him. Let's pull up this one. So, Joe Biden, people probably saw this go viral, right? <clears throat> he did this weird thing with his hands on a couple of occasions. On one occasion, to emphasize something, that there would be zero 
of something. What did he say? What percentage of income, the question was, do you believe is fair for the wealthy to pay? For? Oh, no, I think someone tweaked that or something. Anyway, it was something to do with taxes. And he's like, he made this symbol over his eyes. Zero, zero percent. That's the white power symbol. Well, go up it's to an the upside head. down P. <laughs> well, Tim Young, right, is a commentator in the US. He's being facetious. Yeah. He's obviously flashing back yeah, to the, Trump days and going, oh, every time someone uses the, the OK sign, it's because they're a white supremacist. Oh, my God. But Reuters decided to fact check it. So look at the headline. Really? Go up there. Fact check. Biden talked about corporations not paying a cent in town hall gesture movement. It was not the white power symbol. <laughs> so it depends who does the white power symbol. So there's no question of whether or not that is the white power symbol. Of course, it's the white power symbol. It just depends who's using it. Yes. That's the answer, right? I got you. <laughs> Neiman in the comments says, let's go, Brandon. That's let's hilarious, go, Brandon. That's, that's the beauty of a spontaneous meme, right? Yep. Let's go, Brandon. Do we have the one where he's holding, where he's holding the two ski poles, where he's practicing for, for skiing? Practicing for... for no. I, I don't have... We don't it, need no. that one anyway. People probably saw it. Uh, he's, just, he's like, <laughs> lay it on me. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to take your hard question. <laughs> I might not be able to answer, but I'll give it a go. I think he was trying to muster the mental will to be able to follow Anderson to Cooper's question. Saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Anderson Cooper's trying to be as soft as possible. Right. He's on your team. like, right. And he still has to hold... God, where is it? I'm losing my train of thought. What? Maybe he was constipated or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's such a state. Anyway, that's, uh, that's the state of the world. This is a, it's a slow burn on the whole, like we talked the past few shows about, um, talked the past few shows about the a comedy. Is the comedy stupid? Um, and we've mentioned a little bit about inflation here. I mean, we don't need to go over that again. It's a slow burn on that kind of thing um, in terms of, you know, there's still a lot of containers container ships stuck offshore particularly in california um it's all waiting to happen basically and it's you know we, we still give it a high probability of of happening but probably not between now and christmas although there will be a build-up between now and then and more likely in the new year when they let the let that dog off the leash basically and, and things go fluey this is your crystal ball mm. moment. Okay. Yeah, after Christmas. So the, <clears throat> the tyrants are going to let us have Christmas. Well, and then as long slap as you get the booster. Right. Make sure you get the booster and then you'll have Christmas. Um, and Fauci said there, I think it was maybe a week or two ago, Fauci said uh, you can, everybody can enjoy a nice Christmas this year as long as you're vaccinated. With his vaccine derived from his lab created virus that he funded the vaccine that was is, is, are the, the the vaccine that is essentially a part of the virus that he made in a lab it's an updated version of what he made in a lab it's yes. Fauci's latest thank yes. you Santa Fauci Fauci on a couch Saint Fauci they call him Santa Fauci Santa Fauci Santa Fauci is going to allow us to have Christmas this year as long as you get boosted and vaccinated and then you think it all goes to hell after thereafter yeah because they can no longer... Velocity of money, man. Look it up. <laughs> it's all about the velocity of money, and everybody knows that over Christmas, money is super fast. <laughs> a lot of spending over Christmas. Right. A lot of demand. A lot of supply that can't meet that demand. It's the comedy, stupid. 
thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, if you're listening. And thanks to our chatters. We really do appreciate you um, and for commenting. Uh, smash all the buttons. We'll be back next week with another update on what the hell has been going on over the past week. So until then, have a good one. Till next time. Bye. Can't stop the signal now. Mm-hmm.